The Los Angeles Kings turned in two big comeback wins, and one of them was even against a real NHL team. We're going to talk about all of that on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, my name is Sarah Avampato, host of this show covering all the ups and downs of the Kings since like, I don't know, 2016 or something. Uh, and here, your host of Locked on Kings talking about your favorite and mine favorite hockey team in, uh, in the NHL, talking about the Kings. Uh, thank you for listening to today's show. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day and all of that awesome stuff. Always glad to have you here with me. Uh, and today I have bullied uh, a special guest into coming and talking about the Kings. You've heard him talk with me about goalies. You've heard him talk with me about the rain. Um, but today we're going to be doing a, what's probably going to be a little bit of a regular segment, which is called Mondays with Jay. It might have a cooler name than that in the future. But we've got Jay from Locked On Blue Jackets, Moonlighting as a Locked On Kings special guest contributor. And uh, we're going to talk about the Kings' uh, great action this weekend. So do you have a cooler name for our weekly-ish, maybe possible segment shows, I I have been pushing uh, mini King, mini Kings Monday for mm-hmm. basically since we decided to do this because it's fun and it's alliterative and also we're probably going to talk about the rain a lot and they are in fact the mini Kings. So and also this will this means that we can talk a lot about TJ Tynan. Yeah, like they're min- the mini Kings, both literally and also also literally. Yes, because yes. many of them are small boys. So mini short kings, kings Monday, are also short kings. British, I mean, a plus. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think that I think that's a good direction to take this uh, to take this in. But we're going to talk about the big boys today, uh, which is the Los Angeles Kings, who turned in two big wins uh, over the uh, Friday Saturday one against the Vegas Golden Knights, where they came back and won it in overtime, four to three, and then against the Arizona Coyotes, who allegedly still exist as a hockey team. Uh, for now, uh, they won that one five to three in what you described before we started recording as a comedy of errors, which I think really just really sums that one up. Uh, the Vegas one, though, probably the more interesting of the bunch. And I feel like showed us that the Kings can actually hang with like a legitimate team, I guess. Yeah, I think I, for reasons that I don't really know and that no one really knows. I was in fact awake for both of these games despite uh, living eight hours ahead of, of LA. Um, so I did watch the uh, Knights-Kings game and I remember I texted you and was like, should I watch this game or are they going to make me sad? And then they made it 2 nothing in the in the first 15 minutes of the first period and I was like, well, I kind of answered my own question there, I guess. Uh, but it was... It was a pretty fun game, all things considered. Uh, Adrian Kempe doing Adrian Kempe things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andreas Asmussen, who I forgot existed until yeah. this game, uh, somehow scored. I forget, just Zoom. Yeah. He goes, um, just uh, everyone that you wanted to score was scoring this weekend, I think is probably the best way to, to say it. Yeah, it was, I feel like the neatest thing about what we're seeing from the Kings lately is that I mean, in past seasons, it was basically if Andre Kopitar wasn't scoring, then nobody did. Like, that's just sort of how it's been. 
And so we've always been like, well, depth scoring sure would be a cool thing to have. And now, you know, we got that goal from Athanasiu. Like you said, he just went zoom, zoom, zoom. And suddenly there was a goal. It was really cool. Uh, and he, you know, he's a guy who I know he's been hurt a lot. He's been in and out of the lineup because of it. I think he had COVID at one point. Uh, and, and so it's like, oh yeah, a, you forget he exists. B, he hasn't always been super consistent in the lineup, but I mean, surprise, you put him next to Quentin Byfield and suddenly stuff is happening, which I think is awesome. Uh, you have Phil Deneau, who I think has a new career high in goals. He scored the goal uh, in the second period that tied the game up. And then, yeah, Adrian Kempe doing Adrian Kempe things. He had two goals in the game against Vegas, two goals in the game against Arizona. Uh, this is like, Adrian Kempe was drafted in 2014. Uh, this is the Adrian Kempe we've been waiting for, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's been, like we've talked about this before, I feel like it's been, oh, probably at least three seasons of Kings fans being like, man, this Kempe guy, when's mm-hmm. he going to actually do something? Mm-hmm. And he's doing something. He's doing all the things. Uh, he's second on the team in points right now. Uh, somehow, by the way, somehow Andre Kopitar has 47 points this season. That's a very quiet 47 points. Right? I was like, I feel like, because I was watching the game and I was like, man, you know, who's been pretty quiet this season? Apart from like that opening weekend where he scored a hat trick in mm-hmm. the game opener or in the season opener or something. And then he kind of quieted down a little bit. And I was like, man, Kopitar's been quiet. And then I looked and was like, oh, maybe, yeah, just quietly scoring, scoring 47 points. Uh, I don't know how many of those are, okay, only 14 of those are goals. So he's doing the thing where he's doing the, the Jake Varchek thing of just a bunch of a bunch of assists and just doing doing Andre Kopitar things. But yeah, Kempe has been he was the, the MVP of, uh, oh, of yeah. this weekend, I think, and also maybe of the of the season for the Kings so far. I know we, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the, the career resurgence of Jonathan Quick, who apparently has decided mm-hmm. it's 2012 again. Um and uh, obviously, Kopitar is always a huge part of this team's success. But, you know, first-time All-Star, Adrian Kempe, 23 goals on the season so far. And, you know, he's still, you know, as far as as far as far top six guys go, he's still pretty young, right? Mm-hmm. Like, after 2014, so he's, what, 28? 25. Oh, my math was way off. Yeah, he's yeah, 25. Right. This is a hockey podcast, not a math podcast. Right? I play hockey, yeah. not school. Um, no, that's <laughs> You know, he's 25 years old, mm-hmm. which I feel like, yeah, okay, he's hitting his prime now. People were, people, I get being impatient, especially if it's someone that comes really highly touted and, you know, not to talk too much about the Blue Jackets on this LA Kings podcast, <laughs> but people have been kind of going hard on Patrick Lightney. Mm-hmm. Basically, all of last season, where he was mostly injured, and also there was a pandemic, and also it was a brand new team, and also the team was generally terrible. And then, like this season, he kind of had a slowish start and then got injured. And people are like, man, this guy's done. Like, trade him at the deadline, get rid oh, of him, like, get Patrick what you can Lainey. for him. Calm down. Well, <laughs> like, okay, A, he's 23 years old, right? Which I feel like I thought he was older. Oh, also, wow. Yeah, no. 18 points in his last nine games like I'm not I'm not gonna like sell the sell the farm to give him a contract for a nine game mm-hmm. streak, but also 
maybe find some chill. And I feel like the Adrian Kempe critics should also have found some chill probably at least two years ago. Yeah. I mean, he has obliterated his career highs in terms of um, goals. So 23 this year, uh, the previous high for him was 16 in his first full NHL season back in 2017-18. He has 33 points, which is just a little bit behind his previous career high, which was also that rookie season. He had 37. So he's very close to to matching that. Um, And I, I feel like it comes as no surprise, I guess, that oh, whenever they finished, like they gave up on the Adrian Kempe as a center uh, experiment. Shocking. He actually is a good player. Like, oh, also, oh, you put him next to Andre Kopitar. Oh, you put him next to Phil Deneau. What's that? He can actually do stuff. Like, of course he's having success now because you stop trying to like make him be a player that he isn't. Like, obviously. Right. It's the opposite of um, something that, uh, I saw someone else on Twitter talking about yesterday of what do you mean this skilled player isn't producing when you cut his ice time and put him on the fourth line with checkers? Right. It's, it's the inverse of that of, oh my God, this skilled player is producing when he's playing on the wing where it's easier to be offensive and he's playing with skilled centers that love to pass the puck. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Florals for spring, groundbreaking, you know? <laughs> and I feel like it also is like solves the, conundrum of every year people were like why can't we find someone to go on Kopitar's wing who can score well I don't know look because what you were playing him as a second line center for right. like three seasons right like guess what you gave Kopitar like a fast shiny Swedish boy and surprise now Kopitar is getting to be like the playmaker that we know he is and Kempe is getting to score pucks without having to worry about being like super responsible and yet he also like gets penalty kill time so it's not like he is like defensively terrible he just isn't a center and I'm glad that like Todd McClellan finally realized that yes gold star for Todd McClellan for realizing that his speedy Swedish winger is in fact a winger well we'll take another look at what else is going on with the Kings coming up uh, after this but first let's talk about snacks because I just like ate a whole bunch of snacks on my way home Uh, from where I was out doing some stuff and none of those snacks were particularly like healthy for me and they were probably very high in sugar and like all sorts of other things that you know nine out of ten doctors tell you you probably should like have less of and really what I should have done was had a built bar uh, because built bars are great protein bars they taste like candy bars they're covered in 100% chocolate they are tasty and delicious and also good for you there's also cool varieties like the built puff which is indeed a fluffy marshmallowy bar thing that is not just a protein bar it is a treat and of course there are lots of uh, great fun flavors I know that like the built bar to J pipeline is like a challenge because <laughs> there's a big ocean in the way uh, but uh, do you have a favorite flavor or a favorite flavor that like seems like a good idea you just haven't had to eat it because it's you know a bajillion miles away uh, yeah, I will say I really liked, uh, so I got a, a big old box of Bilt Bars from uh, from Sarah that went via Australia. Why? Who knows? No That's reason. the wrong way around the earth. But <laughs> anyway, they arrived. Uh, they were all delicious. They were all super good. My personal favorite, I think it has to be the, um, there was like a banana marshmallowy one that was super, super delicious. And I think I got like three or four of those because Sarah hates bananas yeah, and true. they were delicious. 
Well, you can go and pick your own favorite Built Bar flavor by going to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. You can taste as many flavors as you want and get back to us and tell us your favorite flavor. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Before we get back into talking NHL hockey, we of course are wrapping things up with the Olympics. And if you haven't already, make sure you're checking out Olympic Hockey Daily, which is presented by Locked on NHL. Uh, It's a bonus podcast that's been covering all of the action in Beijing uh, with the men's tournament just wrapping up. Go Finland. Uh, You can catch the uh, the probably final episode on Locked on NHL's podcast feed and YouTube free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, thanks once again for making this show Locked on Los Angeles Kings your first listen of the day every day. Go listen to Locked on NHL and the Olympic show after that. So Kings beat Vegas, um, which I feel was very satisfying because when they went down to nothing at the beginning, I was like, well, here we go again. Uh, but <laughs> they, they managed to surprise me. Uh, and so then you're looking at the calendar, you're like, okay, back to back, fine. Next night against the Coyotes. Like this should be fine. This should be totally fine. Um, it wasn't fine at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I saw, I saw, I was like, okay, Vegas. They beat Vegas somehow. Great. They are absolutely going to poop the bed against Arizona because that's how hockey works. Right, you know? right. And it got to like, I was watching the the shot counter and it was like 4-1 Kings, mm-hmm. 5-1 Kings. 6-1 Kings and I was like Arizona's scoring the first goal here I just oh, yeah. know I know they're scoring the first goal and I know it's going to be dumb as hell then <laughs> surprise I sure was right it was <laughs> it was it was so bad like I so I was when that game was happening the first couple of periods I was covering an AHL game so I was just sort of like streaming it on the in the corner of my computer while I was watching a live game in front of me and happened to look at the screen right as the Coyotes scored, which A, Anton Strauman scored the first goal. This is how I learned that Anton Strauman is still- I thought he was dead. (laughs) Yeah, no, he is scoring on on the Kings. Um, This goal was so bad that I screenshot it and put it on Twitter because Cal Peterson was a solid, like, I don't know, four feet away from his net, like down, like in the splits, just like sitting next to his net. And like in the screenshot, you can see- the puck going from Barrett Hayton, who got the first assist, over to Strawman, who was in front of the net. And it's just the like, you know, like the record scratch, like, you're bet you're wondering how I got here for Cal Peterson. Um, it was the dumbest possible goal. And so, like, yeah, as, of course, that was how like, the, the scoring right, opened up. Course, it was a very Jonathan Quick play, <laughs> yeah. I thought. But you know how you watch something unfold and you just, you know, that a goal mm-hmm. is being scored? Yes. Like just sometimes you just watch the puck cross the line and you're like, that's going in the net like 20 to 30 seconds later. Like mm-hmm. that was the that was the feeling I got from from this goal. Just and I was like, man, this, yeah, that feels that feels that's right. Spiritual yeah. Yeah. For like, a team that just beat Vegas and is now kicking the crap out of a very bad Arizona team. Of course, it's one yeah. nothing Arizona. Like, what was it? Eight minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as Cal Peterson started doing the little like goalie crab thing out of his net, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that just happened. (laughs) Um, But the good news is 
less about 10 seconds later i can't math but about 10 seconds later next shift uh adrian kempe once again uh scored for the kings to at least tie it up in the first period so that was great and then the second period happened and well the kings kings again <laughs> i just I, I i i watched this game and i was like i hate them i hate them why are they doing this to me because they like th- they were down three to one for most of the second period because of course they were i feel like i believe it was after the two one goal sarah texted me and said if the kings lose this game i'm gonna walk into the woods and never return right uh, like <laughs> which really was kind of a bold bold call on my part because i was very close to having to walk into the woods and never return yeah, I would have missed you. That would have been sad. Um, I feel like the two-one goal. I will. I will give them the two-one goal because I feel like that was that was the the goal where Alex Galchenyuk, who mm-hmm. again, who knew Exists. he was in Arizona again, not right. me. Um, he had that really good pass to and Los mm-hmm. basically did nothing. He just kind of yeah. scored the goal. You know, yeah. that that goal was all assist. Um, so I will I will allow them to have that goal. Um, because the first one was dumb as hell. That one was actually a good goal. And right, I feel right. like I feel like the three one goal, the Clayton Keller goal, was also kind of dumb. Yeah. Well, you know. This is also unrelated, but Phil Kessel is also kind of following the uh, uh Jake Voracek uh, line of thought this season because he has 33 points and six of those are goals. That seems really un Phil Kessel like. Yeah. I guess he's like, oh no, I'm gonna take it easy in, in the desert and give other people the puck or something i guess maybe he doesn't want to be traded again right he's like, like if i'm, I'm quiet and don't score goals they'll keep me at the deadline uh, right because he doesn't want to have to move again i mean moving is terrible so i can't say i blame him it is the worst and like the coyotes suck but also you get to live in arizona like right. and i know there's like boston has a, an interest in kessel like i don't want to move to boston in january or february no, when, <laughs> what month is it I don't want to move to, to January. Cold. To it's the cold month. Like, it's cold there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, well, Phil Kessel to Boston would be really, really funny. Like, so I, I would like it to happen just for that. But other than that, no, like, I could see Phil Kessel being like, but I, I don't, I'm staying here. No. Yeah. I have to try barely at all to do well on this team. And also, it's sunny all the time. And also, no one writes weird hit pieces about how right. dogs I eat right I mean for as many people like had the rumors of like if Jeff Carter gets traded he's instantly retiring like and we all knew that was like kind of bs even though we thought it was funny like I could see Phil Kessel being like nah nah right <laughs> especially good. if they trade him back to Toronto I could imagine him being like you know what he'd be like no. and I quit <laughs> yep. me and my dog are gonna stay here in the southwest yeah it's not bad yeah yeah, so two dumb goals, one like legitimate goal. And then the Kings basically said, we're tired of this <laughs> and started scoring. Um, first off, they had two goals in the power play, which I didn't know like, they were allowed to do that. Is that, I, is I that allowed? I didn't think they could. I thought that that was a lie, um, but apparently they could. Dowdy scored on the power play at the end of the second period. Kempe scored on the power play in the middle of the third period. Um, Trevor Moore got on the on the board, which was great. He actually had, um, actually, would you like to take a guess how many shots Trevor Moore had in this game? Oh man, is it more than five? Yes. I'm gonna guess eight. I think he had eight Ooh. shots on goal. Close. He had seven. 
Seven shots for Trevor Moore. And I've um, been calling him a mediocre Trevor all this time. I feel yeah, kind of bad about that. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's the new it's the new mediocre Trevor. You know, we've joked about how there always has to be a, a, a below average Trevor in, in Los Angeles for people who are very, very new to my Kings fandom. Uh, I basically got into the Kings via those Kings read mean tweets videos. And uh, Trevor Lewis was just very good in those and there was a lot of mean tweets about him being like oh, man I wish Trevor Lewis could score goals and he was like yeah me too, me too. and I was like oh I love him so that was how I got into the Kings yeah you um, imprinted <laughs> which was extremely extremely funny and extremely on brand for me but the point yeah. is I thought Trevor Lewis was uh, sorry I thought Trevor Moore was mediocre <laughs> and apparently Trevor he's Lewis like, Trevor Moore good at hockey question mark he's sometimes mediocre and then sometimes really good and then sometimes question mark um but yeah this game really good seven shots on goal um there was a lot like Kempe had four uh, or Kempe had five I have follow had four Arvidsson five um down on the defense Dowdy had five so like there were a lot of guys just really uh really getting getting busy with this one um Drew Dowdy's two goals this was a stat that like blew my mind when I saw it this is his second career two goal game that seems that seems that seems incorrect right like he has been playing hockey for the kings his rookie season was 2008 this is the first time in his career that he has scored two or the second time in his career he scored two goals i was like really Man, I thought you were going to tell me it's like, because didn't he just hit a thousand games recently? Yeah. yeah. So I thought you were going to be like, did you know it's his like 71st two goal game? And I would have been like, yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah. No. That's a, yeah, that a bonkers stat. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely um, weird. Extremely weird. And then Kempe is the first Kings player to record two or more goals on consecutive days. Um, since a guy named John Tonelli in 1989. Like, there are people on this team younger than that. <laughs> I think almost everyone on the team is younger than that. Yeah, when was Adrian Kempe born? 19, oh, I just looked 90, this up. I want to say 1996. 96. Yeah, yeah. He, like is older. Um, quick. Very... The old brown. guy is brown. That's it. I that's think. it. Everyone else is a child. Maybe Alexander yeah. Edler. If yeah. Exactly, he's dead as well. Um, yeah. But that's that's also crazy. And then the other crazy stat from this one was this is the first time the franchise has rallied from a multi-goal deficit to win on consecutive days. The first that's time. Like the Kings. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very, very Kings. <laughs> I hate them. I don't- <laughs> I don't, I, why do they, why, why? But they, they did it. They won the game. They won two games in a row. That's very exciting. Um, and we're going to wrap up with some more thoughts about the week um, coming up after this. But first, let's talk betting because if you're into sports betting, well, we've got a place for you. Football is, of course, over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. So whether you're looking for the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, you can go to betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And of course, it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right on down to the now wrapped up Olympics coverage and information. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action all at BetOnline. It's where the game starts. So looking at the Pacific Division, looking at the Western Conference, um, first off, I regret to announce that we should have been rooting for the Sharks tonight. And guess what? The Sharks are disappointing me. Um, they're playing Vegas. Sharks do nothing but disappoint me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they just let me down big time. They're losing. I mean, it should not. It shouldn't be surprising. The Sharks are. The only team just, worse than them in the Pacific is Seattle. So. That's, you know, I just, I just wanted one one thing from them and and they they failed which is what i should have expected um but uh right now at least waiting for these the games to shake out today but i don't think anything's going to change with the last couple games uh kings holding down that first wild card spot uh in in the western conference they're tied in points with edmonton but edmonton has one fewer game played um i personally think it would be great if they started losing games again, uh, they have now won five in a row uh, with the new coach bump that I feel like every team has experienced so far this season. Did you see, speaking of the Oilers, did you see that tweet earlier today? I think it was Mark Spector who commented on um, one of the Oilers got uh, fined for elbowing someone or cross-checking someone. I don't remember. And he was like, man, that's what this team needs. Someone that is willing to get fined. And I'm like, that's what this team needs. Not I mean, a goaltender or a right. top pairing defenseman under the age of 85, but someone who's willing to elbow someone in the face for the good of the game. Somehow that doesn't, like, that doesn't work for me. Like, I was, I was before we recorded today, I was at an AHL game reporting on it, and the uh, it was one of those games where the teams just hate each other, and they spend most of it. Like, the game literally took three hours. <laughs> Hockey games should not take three hours. Um, it didn't I didn't even go know to if you were going to get home in time for because we're recording right. this just after the Blue Jackets game finished, and you were like, "There is still an entire period of hockey to be played, yeah. and we've been it here was, two and a half it hours." Was terrible. Um, so both teams hate each other. Fine, I expected that. Um, at one point, the captain of the other team, which if you have followed AHL stuff for any length of time, it's Cody McLeod, who is a total. Um, well, there's a reason he's a basically AHL lifer. Um, he he uh, decides to get mad and fire up his team who was losing like five to nothing. But he did it by like sucker punching two guys and then obviously took a double minor for roughing. So I'm like, okay, firing up your team, getting a little physical. Okay, cool. Like I get it. Like good idea. Putting your team down a man for four minutes because you were mad and had a tantrum. That, you could have done something different than that, maybe, sir. Mm, no, impossible. The only way to fire up your team is to make them practice the penalty kill. <laughs> it's, it's science. I am a scientist. I am very smart. Do not look at any of my credentials. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, so apparently that's what Edmonton needs is that. So good job, I guess, Oilers. Also, like, Calgary legitimate question mark? Hmm. Like they've won nine in a row. I know. I'm not happy about it. 
I'm, I'm not happy about it. They're first in the Pacific. Um, obviously, they just got good friend Tyler Toffoli and also his wife and his cute dog, like package deal there, um, reunited with uh, your favorite mediocre Trevor, Trevor Lewis um, <laughs> and Daryl Sutter. Uh, I, I, I hate it. Like, how, are, how, 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 how was this allowed to happen? Yeah, I feel like this should be not allowed. I feel like people I like should not have to go and live in Alberta. Um, and honestly, hockey is more fun when the Canadian teams are bad. Right, like, it's just, they're so easy to make fun of. It's, yeah. I, I'm i not sure if Calgary is legit or not. I haven't, looked, like, paid a ton of attention to them, except when they're, like curb stomping the blue jackets which they've done twice this season um i don't know if they are quote-unquote legit you know i feel like they might be primed for a first round playoff exit Mm -hmm. and i don't really have anything to back that up like that's just the the feeling i get is i feel like they are setting themselves up to get curb stomped by like edmonton that would be funny or you know maybe uh nashville depending on how the excuse me how the standings shake out but that's that's what i get from calgary um and i would think that i think that will be extremely funny if calgary got knocked out of the first round yeah i mean that's been my like take on them is i think they're a good regular season team i don't know that they can like it's a lot on the back of jacob markstrom um, who's been playing like a maniac at this point. Um, I have no idea how, like they have a goal differential of 53. Like how I, Jacob Markstrom has like a hundred shutouts or something. I mean, not really, but like, I think he leads the league in shutouts. Like it's He just, does by four. That's He has eight shutouts this season. No. His closest player is Marc-Andre Fleury and also two other guys that have uh, four. No, that's the, also the Marc-Andre Fleury hat is like next closest and I think that like his team has won like six games. Yeah, he, I think those four shutouts are just the four wins that Chicago has. <laughs> um, yeah, Jacob Markstrom has played a lot this season. He's at 38 games played of Oh, the, wow. Uh, They've played 48. 48. So, yeah. So he's played, I've already forgotten what number I said. 38? Yeah, he's gonna fall apart by the time the playoffs happen. And they, oh, that was serviceable well, backup as well. Like Vladar is is good. Oh yeah. Then. Well, I mean, the, this. I mean, it's a Daryl Sutter team, of course. Mm-hmm. Poor Jacob Markstrom is like playing every game that he can like stand up for. Darryl I know Sutter you said like, that, and then I remembered all those years yeah. of Jonathan Quick playing like seventy five games a season. Right. Yeah, I mean, I do think as soon as they traded for Tyler Toffoli, my first reaction was this is setting up for a Calgary Kings playoff matchup. <laughs> Which oh, I would hate. You might be right about that. It. I'd hate it a lot. That's um, bad. That's This is yeah. the bad place. Yes. But I'm like, oh, is this what the universe is trying to give me? Is, you know, Daryl Sutter and Tyler Trifoli versus their old team? Like, no, I'd rather give me the Battle of Alberta. Like, that'd be funny, not emotionally painful to me. I feel like, yeah, the Battle of Alberta feels like, to me, a, a matchup that would just be explosive in all of the bad ways. Because <laughs> Edmonton doesn't have a goalie, but they also have Conor McDavid. Right. So it's just going to be a bunch of, like, I assume, like, six, five games that go, that flip-flop, and it's just going to be hilarious bad. 
right like last person standing is whoever like whoever yes and if we're lucky we'll get to see Conor mcdavid cry on national tv again oh my gosh give it to me like <laughs> i might cut that out that feels too mean but i might keep it we'll he doesn't deserve it but also it's funny I don't know. I I stopped caring about Conor McDavid when he went to bat for Evander Kane. So well, yeah, yeah. You know, it feels very much like reaping and sowing. Well, I mean, he like I mean, not to throw it back to like a Kings game from like last week or whatever, but it was the the Kings game against the Oilers, which I like fell asleep after the second period, which I think was the best choice because that game ended up being terrible. But the second period ended with like Evander Kane taking a total cheap shot against Brendan Lemieux, who admittedly probably deserved it. But like Evander Kane put his team shorthanded. Um, and you know, if the trade-off is Brendan Lemieux and Evander Kane both in penalty boxes, like we kind of come out, he's gonna come out on top on that one. Yeah, um, like it's the it's the Tom Wilson effect. Right. You know, I feel like we talked about this very recently when I was the last time I yelled about Brendan Lemieux on, on this podcast. <laughs> um it's that that's a, that's a trade that you, that you like the other team wants to make every time like mm-hmm. as terrible a human as Evander Kane is he's a pretty good player yeah and the fact that he can't seem to control his tantrums to stop the other team from getting penalties or whatever getting power plays because he's in the box like that's a I will take that trade off mm-hmm. you know if he wants to sit in the box at the same time as Brendan Lemieux like okay fine like I feel like the team is actively better when Brendan Lemieux is sitting in the box than when he right. On the ice, so yeah, so good job, Oilers, on making things even less likable than they already are. Like, congrats. Um, I had one last thought before we wrap things up, and I tweeted this because I thought it was both funny and um, true. Which was, of course, there's all sorts of talk about you know who are the Kings going to trade for? What are they going to do the trade deadline? And everyone looks at Arizona because Arizona rightfully should just be doing like a fire sale of anyone like not nailed down. And I was like, you know, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that like I don't think the Kings need to, you know, make a huge move if they don't do anything. I feel like I'll be okay with it. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind them getting like I know Jake Chitron and Lawson Krause, the two names that always come up. Um, particularly because they both fit sort of needs that the Kings have. I would be okay with the Kings getting either or both of them just so they would stop scoring on the Kings because every game against the Coyotes, one or both of those guys scores goals against the Kings. And like, I'd be super glad to not have them scoring goals (laughs) against us anymore and instead scoring for us. Well, unfortunately, Jake Jekran is coming to Columbus because we're collecting all of the Jakes in the league. Um, we're coming after Chikrin and then we're going after Gensel because he's my nemesis and I would also like him to stop scoring on the Blue Jackets but yeah Lawson Krause and I feel like Lawson Krause would be a a decent fit on um, on the Kings I also feel like Clayton Keller would fit in well on the Kings Um, he also scores against them all the time I feel like the, the thing about the Coyotes that baffles me is I feel like every season they sell everything that's not nailed down and then and the season, then the next season rolls around, and suddenly they're selling everything. Like, where are they getting? Like, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> understand it. It's like, this is going to be an extremely English reference that not many of your listeners will understand. <laughs> but like, we have a, a TV show over here called Midsummer Murders, and it's about <laughs> this tiny little village in the English countryside. And every week, someone gets murdered, and it's like, <laughs> where are all these people coming from? 
if someone gets murdered every week, how are there still people left in this tiny little village? Right. And it's the same of like every time someone gets traded from Arizona, I'm like, <laughs> where does the next person come from? Are they just like making replacement level awesome. players in a like tank of goo in the desert somewhere? Like what's that, going on? Sh- we might have to edit that out of the podcast. I think you just let out their secret. I'm going to knock on the door at 4 a.m. And it's... <laughs> like the witness protection program for right. like <laughs> hockey, forbidden, the forbidden hockey knowledge. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think this has been delightful. I'm very glad that the first uh, Mini King Monday was talking about the Kings being successful because that's a nice change of pace from (laughs) some of the other other times I've had to talk about them and been like oh well crap um the king schedule coming up this week looks um delightfully hilarious because they're playing the coyotes again on Wednesday so I'm excited to see if like we get curb stomped by them this time because that's usually what happens um and then we have to face Trevor Zegris and a bunch of other dudes on Friday I'm hoping we can just kidnap Trevor Segris and keep him and like replace him with like Brendan Lemieux or something and no one will notice. Well, I think but. the rule is if you put him, if you hit him onto your bench during a game, then you get to keep the player. So, right. so maybe we should, the Kings should try that. Right. Dustin Brown looking at you. Yep. Like, you can take one for the team, Dustin. Right. It's fine. Um, and then the Islanders on Saturday, which should also be, also that's a really stupid road trip. Like they're playing, oh no, ne- never mind. I can't read. Um. Yeah. No, they're playing at Anaheim on Friday, and then the Islanders come to LA on Saturday. I definitely read the, read it wrong. And I, I did like, also think going? that they were flying to New right. York for a back to back, and was like, "This who made this." Yeah. No, I just can't read. That sign doesn't mean anything because I can't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we've got lots of weird stuff happening this week, and I'm glad uh, that you were here to talk about this i will leave you with one final question what does gabe velarde have to do to get called back up uh sacrifice a goat at center ice all right gabe you hear that get on it um thank you for joining me to talk about uh the kings and some of the smaller kings uh on today's show for people who want to like say hi to you online or follow your rain coverage because uh you do cover them i've still got some more from our conversation last week that you're going to hear later this week on the show uh uh, and so where can people find all that stuff from you online? Uh, yeah, so you can find my rain coverage over FPH Rain. Uh, the rain, I believe, unless they uh, messed it up, went 2-0 and this weekend. Uh, so I will have a recap about all that fun. Uh, everyone's favorite Gabriel, Gabriel Ardi scored, I believe. So we'll be talking about him over there on uh, FPH Rain. You can find all the written work at fieldpasshockey.com. And uh, if you would like some more kind of generalized hockey chaos of uh, the Blue Jackets, the Cleveland Monsters, the Kings, the Rain, and just whatever else I happen to be watching when I can't sleep at 1am, you can follow me over at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. All right. And of course, I'm on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show's on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, So give me a follow. Say hello uh, as we endure whatever it is that the kings and the rain have for us this week Uh, make sure you're following the show subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts and also kind of sort of on youtube so you can find us there Uh, never miss a single episode as we talk to you all about the kings and the rain for this very strangely exciting season Uh, so make sure you come back tomorrow and every day of the week for more kings news here on locked on los angeles kings part of the locked on podcast network your team every day